And we're back. This is Jamie Sweet here with Laker Tom here on Lakers Fast Break. Uh, we are representing Lakerholics.com today. So if you'd like to chat about the Lakers during the dog days of summer before anything interesting happens, uh, I mean, I guess we, we'll be talking some FIBA basketball here in a minute, but uh, pop on by Lakerholics.com. Uh, we got all sorts of stuff to talk about over there, just in terms of theories, theoretical trades, things we'd like to see, things we never want to see happen again. And of course, the weather here in Southern California. As I said, I'm Jamie Sleet, and hi Tom, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Jamie. How you doing? I'm trying to stay dry. It's uh, here in Southern California, in the LA area. It's quite rainy, and uh, we're supposed to be getting some heavy wind, nigh or near hurricane winds here this later this evening, in the next hour and a half, two hours. So we'll get this show in, and then I'm going to go upstairs and batten down the hatches, as they say. Um, First off, we're going to kick it off with the uh, we're, we're going to do a quick little recap. Tom got to see I didn't get to see it, uh, but I had I, been keeping tabs on, you know, what Steve Kerr says uh, on ESPN and on various articles that I've read on online across the uh, the uh, World Wide Web uh, about how Team USA is doing. It seems like, you know, this version of Team USA is not only well constructed from a from like a team standpoint, but that the depth of talent is still there. You know, sometimes you expect, oh, well, if we have more role players and not as many like big name flashy superstars for the talent to drop off a little bit. But this Team USA is showing that, and I think that that's what all the recent NBA championships have shown, that rather than star wattage and, you know, raw talent that you need to have the idea of a team in mind, uh, a goal of what your team, an identity for how your team's going to play mm. that isn't just scoring the basketball, but like, you know, valuing possessions, playing defense, you know, making the extra pass, playing real basketball, the whole, the whole game from on both ends. Uh, which by not, definition, which by definition is extremely difficult with a young team. Definitely. And, and this is a very young team. What's startling, what's startling about this team is it's like a complete redo. It's like, Hey, everybody that used to be on Team USA, thank no you LeBron, very much. No You're rooting from the sidelines now, no and the young guns are coming in. Right. No James Harden. No Kyrie Irving. Uh, Nikola Jokic, I think, isn't playing even for his team. Like, all the top – you could argue all the top 15 NBA players on planet Earth are not playing in nope. FIFA. The, probably the most talented guy is Anthony Edwards – uh, I think Luca will play, but hasn't played yet, and so you'll be able to add Luca eventually. Right. Uh, but well, it's but not, he's not playing for us, though. That's the problem. I just mean in general, like the talent oh, across right. the board, oh, okay. the talent of FIBA. Everybody thinks was somehow diluted by the best, the best, the top fifteen. Right. Let's say, let's say, we could even just argue the highest paid, uh, the top fifteen NBA players uh, not being present. Or not actively playing. Well, it like seems it. like they're mirroring the same thing that's happened in, in with the U.S. team. That that you know, it's but it's time you team. pass the baton on to the younger guys, and yep. and I, the fact that we're the players who are passing this baton on are all getting older, getting more injured, uh, would like a little more time off, uh, spending six weeks, which is how long these guys have to commit. Potentially, a that's a lot of time, and it's a lot of time. It could it could boost your game tremendously, or on the other hand, it could you know turn out to be a big mistake. And you you go into camp and you're you're not as rested. You haven't focused on the little things that you needed to do to improve and take your game to the next level. Um, 
lots of lots of complications and 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 I think a lot of the at least from the team USA guys I haven't seen reactions of of the overseas guys who have passed but the team USA guys who seem to be ready to move on um <laughs> they're all seem to be very happy to have the time to work on their game or work on their golf or whatever yeah so a couple of things we have some we've got some chatters already daniel berry i uh, can't see the rest of your name uh, i'm sure i could somehow but i'm not i'm not going to go dig in daniel uh search and destroy what's up search uh and of course pop culture God, gerald weighing in on his on his pop culture cosmos <laughs> account uh inside sports fantasy oh no that's me i i didn't oh i see i ah that's what happens when you click all those things this is me saying what's up everyone i understand now uh anyway darren search darren daniel and search welcome to the chat uh i've just said what's up everyone uh in 27 different uh streaming languages so enjoy that for what it's worth um so i like i said i haven't really had a chance to actually watch team usa play i've been keeping up uh through articles and steve kerr seems to be absolutely having a blast this is also his first year talking about passing of the court torch right first year it's not greg popovich but steve pretty kerr, good pretty good pretty good coaching staff huh <laughs> oh i mean yeah i mean that's the, that is kind of the cool <laughs> thing about team usa is that you're kind of hoping you're hoping the, the theory is that you're getting the best minds and the best players and that then you have now assembled the best team Right. And so uh, why would you need those five guys coaching if you had the best five, 10 guys in the NBA? I, playing? I, I know. I think it's a coach is still important. A coach is able to like, well, not, yeah, but having five quality head oh, coaches. Oh, oh. No, because they want to hang out. No, they're having, they're, they're, it's oh, I mean, it's time. great they because just, think of the one-on-one, think of the one-on-one contacts that, that guys right. like Reeves, Reeves would be able to have that Ant-Man would have with, with right. coaches that they they never never, never gonna, get to talk to or like say hi right yeah, like right. say hi or you know good game now they or, can actually say you know hey what do you think of this you know or right. what do you think of that or what what should i work on on my game and to that your point about you know six weeks is a long commitment and you know it takes away from your personal time if you if you work it right you're actually in maybe the most advantageous position to work on your game possible and that you are around some of the brightest minds in the game. You are around some of the best players. And so if you are a nice person and somebody who perhaps people like to be around, you can you can go up and say, Steve, I'm sure, you know, when we were kicking your butt uh, during last season's Western Conference semis, what was it about my game that you thought I could improve? Not that I'm going to use it against you. I swear I won't promise. But if you had one thing to give back to me, what would it be? But it's nice to see guys like Brandon Ingram and, you know, ex-Lakers giving Reeves his props. And it seems like hey, awesome Reeves has shown up, man. Reeves has shown for a up. Second year, for a second-year kid. Well, coming uh, into his, his third numbers, year now, but yeah. He has, not, he has not had a game under double digits. No, and he's, he's been very, shooting With very few minutes and shots. Yeah, he's shooting efficiently. He's playing efficiently. And he's I making, mean, he's he's making great the steal. He had a great steal tonight that was just terrific. Uh, yeah, I watched. I watched the whole game, uh, and and I haven't usually watched all of the games. Uh, generally, I, I wanted to see how Austin did. Yeah, um, man. What's your impression? What give give us a five minute nut, nut, uh, nutshell of what you what you felt? Well, I think I think one of the big great questions that somebody asked was, you know, can Austin Reeves be the third best player on a championship team? I think that's just a terrific question because, first off, here's a guy who's going into his third year, he played four years of college basketball. He's 25 years old. Those are the guys that they don't have the ceiling of a 20 year old kid like Christie that, you know, is more sure. athletic. 
Um, and so yeah. you think you think, hey, this is this is a guy who uh, he's probably hit his limit. <laughs> the only thing wrong with that is two things: he can shoot the ball, and he is smart as hell. Yeah. And you put those two things together, and his ceiling is nowhere near where he's playing right now. Now if you I compare at- him to Caruso, sixth-year Caruso versus second-year Reeves. He's already beating Caruso in every single offensive category. Field goal percentage, free throw percentage, shooting, everything. The only thing he's failing in is blocks and steals. Caruso's still outperforming. And, and, de- and just of, I would just say overall defensive impact, which yeah. is why I would 100% advocate for the Lakers not trading Austin Reeves. No, but no that would be a foolish move. He's much better one, player already. If there's one player I would get that would replace D'Angelo Russell, it would be, for me personally, it would be Alex Caruso because I would sacrifice yeah. D'Angelo Russell's streaky ability to score for Caruso's consistently impactful defense in a heartbeat. That's, again, that's just me. You know, you know, I, that, I, you know that I probably overvalue the def- defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball and that you tend to overvalue the offensive side of the ball. But I, I think that Caruso's ability to hit clutch shots from the perimeter, he's not a volume scorer, but he scores when you need him to. Right. And his defense are, are the thing that could put the Lakers into a top two or three team regular and postseason this year. One of the, the, one of the problems, one of the problems I see with that is that, and it's one of the problems I see with the current Lakers backcourt that if the Lakers are going to add a superstar to replace LeBron James, which at some point we have to do, probably got to be a guard. He probably should be a guard. Maybe a wing is okay, but really, we really need a guard. It depends on some of the supplementary role players. Well, it really does. Let's put it this way: you can't go out there. For example, I don't think that Reeves in, and I and I may hedge this one little bit. I don't think your backcourt. I don't think first off that Alex Caruso is a championship starter, is a starter on a championship team unless he's paired with a superstar. And if you put two guards that aren't superstars in the Lakers. I think it does limit them. Um, I think that that's that's where we're going to be looking when we're looking to add a player who's going to be the third superstar or the replacement for LeBron. It's probably going to be a backcourt or wing. It's not going to be a big anymore. All right. So let's, um, before we get too far into the weeds on the Lakers, let's let's, let's finish okay. up with the uh, with the USA Germany. You liked Reeves. What else did we? Uh, uh, what else? Did... Uh, Dennis Schroeder's going to have another great FIBA experience and people are going to appreciate Dennis. He played really well. Franz, the Wagner boys both played well. Ant-Man is on the verge of being a superstar because he just took over that game. No, he's there. He's there already. That's why, that's why, that's why Minnesota's Um, contemplating moving. And and the best two, the best two guards on that team are probably Reeves and Halliburton. It isn't the guys, it is the guys who started the game. Sure. Um, I, agree I mean, with that, actually. the problem with the problem, you said earlier that they made a team, they put together players that created a team and they did in a sense, but they aren't playing the right players to make the team play like a team. That's the problem. That starting lineup is not, there's five guys who are basically dribbling the ball around and passing to another guy on the perimeter. Sure. Nobody's cutting, say- nobody's doing it. You put Reeves in the game and Halliburton in the game and immediately everything changes. Yeah, uh, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised to they see came from I, 20, I, they came from 18 points down, yeah, to, to blowing so, them out. 
now I know. And that's that's why I think you'll see towards the end of game, one of the two things. Either Skur's going to let the guys who are starting because they're the highest profile guys, right? Yeah. And you're going to let them be the quote-unquote face of the team, but they won't close games out. Yeah, I think you're right. They too. might not be. They might not be closing games out for too much longer, or not all of them, at least. And yeah. that's that's always to me. Everybody gets a little too hung up on who starts, who starts, who starts. I kind of don't care who finishes, who finishes the game. Who does the coach trust and rely on to finish the yeah, game? Yeah, but I, right I've way? seen too many. I, I've seen the pattern too often of the coach who always gets his team behind because he's starting the wrong players, but ends up. Yeah. Let him close out and win the game. And sure, sure. I much prefer the guy who plays the right players to start and finish the game, which I agree with you often aren't the same. Often you know, I mean, not. Often not. I've often, I sat on the bench for a good portion of my senior year because the coach wanted somebody else who had a different role in mind. And I was a better player. Uh, I So I've always hated, I've always hated these guys who start off, the, the fifth guy who starts instead of the fifth best player. That's sure, I, I, I understand me. that. I, I just <laughs> want to say hi to uh, Kurt Affair, Jonte. Never seen you here before, Jonte. So that's nice. I, I have not seen Jonte at any rate, or maybe you were here under a different moniker. And Empire Jeff TV. I hope your empire is going well, Jeff. All right. So FIBA, Dennis Schroeder, another FIBA superstar. Probably Austin Reeves. To... Austin Reeves, man. I always feel bad for Schroeder, though. Like he builds up such huge expectations in FIBA, and then the games start in the NBA, and he's like, kind of back down to earth a little bit uh and it's maybe because the rules are different maybe because he doesn't have the same passion because he's not playing for team germany i couldn't tell you if i was mm-hmm. on it never met dennis Schroeder, but uh it's just one of those things that just seems to uh just seems to that's how it goes he plays great in fiba and then plays pretty good you know i'm not gonna yeah. say okay i'm gonna say pretty good in the nba I've, had a love, I've always had a love-hate relationship with Dennis. and, and um, I love him, but just he needs to accept his role, which is backup point guard and just right. walk away. It, it's yeah, okay, to be, it's a, Dar- okay Darvin, to be a backup. Darvin really loves, Darvin really loves him, man. I mean, he loved, he, I know. He'd, I know. Start him, he'd start him if he had, you know, if he had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, he'd probably start Dennis over him. <laughs> He's just, uh, you know. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. So, for those of you who aren't aware, Laker Tom and I both post a lot. I haven't posted a lot this summer. There's just not a lot to post about. I posted a lot more last summer, and it's kind of exhausting. Plus, I've been slammed at work. Got a five-year-old going into kindergarten. Life's blown up. So, I haven't. I just haven't posted as much on the site as I normally do. Once the games, once we get a little closer to games happening and camp i've got a lot to i've got a lot of things marinating in what's left in my brain so those will all get uh thrown out there recently but uh last week tom dropped a really what i thought was a very kind of perfect perfect article for this point of the season one of the things i very much appreciated about this article was that <laughs> oftentimes tom has a proclivity to be like i'm writing this article on the assumption of these five things that are gonna happen 
but haven't happened yet, but I swear they're going to happen. And so this is my imaginary world that doesn't exist yet. And I can't debate that. I'm not going to debate that. This is exactly who's on the team right now and very realistic and serious questions about their role on the team going forward. And so I just want to say thank you for that because <laughs> personally, again, I, I have no problem with people living in a, in a, in a dream world or having an idea of what they'd like to see, but it's something you just simply can't like debate really because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so I really much appreciated you being there. And, and, and that in a nutshell basically is the difference between Jamie and I. We both love the Lakers right. and I focus on what I would like to see right. and Jamie focuses on what he thinks he's going to see. No, I focus <laughs> on what is there now. That in two weeks when maybe Christian Wood signs with the team, not in three weeks when he ends up going to play with Dwight Howard in Taiwan, not in four weeks when he gets booted off that team and doesn't find <laughs> another team anywhere and willing to take his services for any amount of money. Well, this is the team we'll we got. Find, this find, out, we'll find out before training, Jim. It might even take a week or two. So that's we'll get into that at the very end. Well, let's just get into it right now since you brought it up. It, sure. Th so there, there is something, there, th there, in my opinion, there are three things holding up any action yeah, right all now. The, all of the things. Everything. everything. Number one is Damian Lillard. Number two yeah. is James Harden. And number yep. three are there are some teams that have a surplus of players that they will not be able to have on the their Thunder. rosters right now. The Thunder the and the Spurs are both right. over the minimum level, or I'm sorry, right. over the maximum level of players you can carry on a roster. Now, you don't have to let these guys go until camp ends. But – but, but they have to the let them go game, at some point. Before the first game, in the past, you could always adjust your salary. Right, but I'm not talking about adjusting salary. I'm talking about and right now. Everybody's going to have to. These are the teams. A lot of teams would not go up to the minimum salary that you had to have as a team until the sure. last game of the year. Now right, it's the first the, game of I the year. Right. That those. That's that's just. That means they got to finalize they got to finalize the roster then because these are the guy they got to make sure they got enough money on there to go over the limit right so that's get the penalized thing. these these are the three things so and like okay okc has 21 people on the roster six of those guys have to be cut yeah. six of those guys who are actual first or second round draft picks that's that's a lot of talent that's just going to suddenly be cast adrift into the nba and so this is why I think there's a lot of teams holding on to the last roster spot or two, saying like, "What are those guys?" Well, a lot of teams, as long as you're under the first, as long as you're under the first threshold. Sure. I mean, so we're basically not talking about the Suns and the Warriors. That's it. Right. Those are the only teams. That's it. So the Suns and yeah, the Warriors. Yeah, but it eliminates are, it eliminates the, a couple. It eliminates teams that are always in the competition because they're they have a chance to win a championship. Sure, but the Suns and the Warriors can't pull anyone off of waivers. They can't use cash for anything anymore. Uh, so anyway, I think those are those th the three reasons that we're not seeing uh, that the NBA is slow to a, yeah. beyond and, glacial and they, pace. They can last as long as the start of the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's what I'm saying. You don't have to cut those guys. There's 21 guys on OKC's roster. Six of them are going to have to be off the team before camp ends. Where do those guys end up? They're not just going to not play. They're too young. There's too much potential there. Even teams, even in with win-now mentalities, are going to be looking for young talent to build around on down the line. Denver just lost talent. Milwaukee has a talent de deficit now. These teams are going to be eyeing those those six to seven players between the Spurs and the Thunder that are going to need a new home. And they are all below. See how many are clutch clients are on the. 
<laughs> or uh, or whatever Reeves's agent is. Reeves's agent is in good with the Lakers because that's how they right, yeah. Uh, he's a small-time our... guy, though. He's not a, He's not one of the big organizers. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I think, going to change with his strategy of advising his clients to avoid <laughs> well, getting drafted at the at, at the bottom end of the draft and signing right. with the Lakers because two guys are about to make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, people like smarts, and that guy's pretty smart. All right, so let's get to your article. Like I said, Tom posted a great article this week. Well, last week, since Sunday is technically. And it is. Uh, top 10 players on the Lakers roster. Let me move over to the page so I can scroll down. Uh, each of the questions revolves around these. And that's just an absolutely great picture of D'Angelo Russell you picked. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody else looks super serious. And D'Angelo Russell is exactly as flippant about the NBA as he comes off as. Uh, so here's the full. I should blow it up so it takes up the whole screen. All right. So we won't go into everything that you wrote. Uh, let's start with question number one. Uh, can Anthony Davis finally take the torch from LeBron James. Now, I think, you know, uh, I think that that's, that was in the process of happening and is actually never going to fully happen until LeBron isn't on the team. And that, it was the same when Kobe was playing on one leg in his final season and there were certainly, I won't say better, but like up and coming players that the organization I'm sure would have liked doing some of the things we watched Kobe do that season. And that was, the balancing act that everybody, that was, that was, that's what had to happen because Kobe is just going to play like Kobe and LeBron is just going to yeah, play but like nobody, LeBron. nobody on that team really had the credentials. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it would have been in the team's best interest for Kobe to have taken more of a back seat that season oh, than right. he ended up doing. Right. Kobe doesn't, Kobe doesn't drive from the back seat. Neither does LeBron. Right. And so, and that's that's one of the reasons it's hard, to, tor- it's hard that, to take the torch from a guy who doesn't want right. to let go of it. That's what I'm saying. There's going to be two hands on the torch, right? There's two hands on the torch, and one of them, everybody's going to be like, "Go ahead, it's okay, let go of the torch." And the guy's going to be like, like, it's like "You let go of the torch." The time, except you don't. You let, let go. go of the torch. You let go of the torch. I earned this torch. I've worked my whole life. I put in countless hours. I sleep in a hyperbaric chamber. I I spend a million dollars a year on my body or more. <laughs> I'm holding on to the torch, you know, screw off, bro. Like, and I told you, he's still working on his legacy, man. That's what I'm saying. And he's not going to stop now. So that, I think that's a hard question to answer as long as, but he's been trying, you know, he's been trying to do it. He he tried to do it the first year. No, he doesn't. He tried to do it the first year, but he was just too good in the finals that, you know, so he, he won the finals. No, no. That was really the separating point because AD played well enough that he could have won the finals. But you know that they're not going to take that uh, away from LeBron. No, 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 no. no right, just I, think back, think back about those games and how dominant AD was. But the next few years, is every time LeBron tried to give it to him, AD got hurt or something happened where it just didn't happen. Uh, um, I think the difference this year, what makes a big difference is who's under contract right now and who's not. Yeah, I mean that's that. Yeah, kind of. I listen. I this is this is really the thing. It's not even about. The rest of the team is inconsequential to a point, right? It all comes down to you could surround AD and LeBron with pretty mid-grade talent, and they would do pretty well if they were healthy. The question in all the years past has not been the talent around them, except for when we were the all AARP team. That team was right. functionally bad from top to bottom, and that's well, all Rob Blinka style. Or the or the ill-matched Russ team. Uh, I mean, geez, uh, we had 
Yeah, that team but was even horrible. that even that I think could have been mitigated had they made the right moves the summer that they traded for us. Had they kept Caruso, had they not cheaped out on Caruso and or chosen Caruso over THT, I think that things would have been a lot different. And not because I think Caruso is some sort of all-worldly talent, but he's like that he's the kind of glue guy that just makes things work. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like and that and that team had nobody like that. And right. also, AD and LeBron were hurt most of the time. I wonder if we kept Caruso, though, how that would have limited Who knows? Reeves growth. Reeves it, growth. I, I, I agree. I think that would and yeah, I, and, I mean, I, and, and that is the silver lining of all of that. Right? Yeah, that, you know, it, was that we got rid of T- All of us can look back on our lives and find those little moments where little things just changed everything. And yep, yep. So, you know, no, I mean, I, I, that's I why I never, I never go back to these. I, I don't drill back and. Gerald tries to get me into this history discussions, and I just don't want to do it. No, there's no go. There's no going. Yeah. Let's, anyway. let's let's let's. So, on. but you know, I Reeves. It's really impressive that Reeves has played so well in every one of those games because he has been really a key element in the games and probably the third best player on the team after after uh, Ant Man and Halliburton. Um, right. And the fact that he can come out go into the summer after just two years in the league as an undrafted player, be put on this team and then be the third best player on the team. Third, like I said, player, yeah. You, yeah. you got a guy who was a, he was a 50, 40, 90 shooter and he's smart yeah. as hell. And what I love to see about him is that when he was in the game, he didn't hesitate, man. They put him in the game and he yeah. first two or three play five points, just like that. Yeah, we'll get to Reeves in a minute. We're going through your questions. Yeah. We're going through. We're jumping the gun here. We're okay. jumping the gun. So that I would say okay. that the and Tom goes into very great depth about all of these questions on the site. I'm, again, I'm not going to show you everything that he wrote and read through it because that's boring. Uh, it's good, better to debate it on the site where we're all there. And thank you, Search and Destroy, for posting the link to Tom's article on the site, and I'll be referring to it back and forth or on the chat rather. Uh, and then, yeah, everybody's right about Austin Reeves. We'll get to Austin Reeves in a second. So next up, oh. Why, Maybe it just looks like that. It does just look like that. I see. Uh, can LeBron James continue to play like a top 10 superstar? I don't even know if he was a top 10 player last season. Uh, I, I'm, I, I, I mean, he, probably top 15. Definitely top 15. I, I, certainly I don't think he was top, top 10 either. I thought he was top 15 last year. I, I mean, not, not top five, right? Which is already not a drop off. Not top five. Drop- he was top right? five the year before. Top five, you could argue, yeah, still health concerns. He only played right. like 50 games the year before. Yeah. So that's that for me, it's a huge knock. Availability is, uh, you could, you know. I didn't think he could get back to a top five, but I think he can get back to a top 10. If he can get, if he can crack Just his top not 10 being hurt. <laughs> and, and play 60 plus games, let's take him out of consideration for war, awards, right? This is going to be the first yep. year he's not on an all NBA team. This is going to be the first year that he's not uh, in the conversation for MVP because he's just probably not going to meet the games played threshold, which is 65 games. You don't qualify for awards if you don't hit 65 games. It's basically how I read the CBA. Could be wrong. Maybe you could still be voted to all NBA, uh, but I kind of think not because of how it pertains to contractual uh, bonuses and the amount of money you can be paid. Uh, The NBA is starting to tie, and I think it's wise, uh, tie appearances and availability into the max amount of money you can make in the league. And that makes sense. People are families and individuals are shelling out a lot of money to show up to the arena, buy tickets, buy popcorn, buy nachos with or without jalapenos. 
and watch not superstars, that is not right in my opinion. And so I like to see the league moving in that direction. Can LeBron James be a top 10 player? In my mind, that means top 10 would mean he cracked 65 games, right? That means he's up for all those awards. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm a little mm-hmm. doubtful on that one. I think he's still going to be a top 20 player, uh, certain, maybe even top 15. But because of I, what I assume, this is an assumption on my part, but what I assume will be a 60-game maximum. This means he's going to miss 22 games, which seems about right. I think because he didn't get surgery on the foot, that he's going to have flare-ups of the foot, especially after maybe long stretches on the road, back-to-backs, uh, somebody's just steps on it or he rolls his rolls his ankle. I think they're going to be very cautious with LeBron and he's going to be very cautious with himself. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, he should be his. Well, I, I, I'd even hold him to 30 minutes a game. I put him on a time limit. I put him. Uh, I, I would try. I would, on time limits. I, I would try. I, I, I would hope that with the talent, well, like, you know, you can always change it in a game. If it's a close game or if it's a, critical game or but that's going like to happen that? right off the bat right like right off the bat they're going to say well, I got I think five, right. the first five games are critical games but critical games no, right? you so know, there's, I, there's no it's an only an 82 you got to recognize that you need to the reason you got a deeper team got to win right gotta was win. to have more players who could play more minutes not that's my hope you know you've, you've had to, i think they have to do that that would if, be stupid if, not to I mean, I think they're going to say that, right? Out of the gate, you'll well, hear everybody no, in training no. camp. Like, they don't have anybody on the team. They didn't, but they didn't add anybody on the team older than 29. Yeah, Nine no, years it's... younger than LeBron was the oldest guy that they added on a team, which was Prince. He's nine years younger than LeBron. Everybody else was older than, was more than 10 years younger than LeBron. Yeah. No, I know. They didn't build this team for LeBron. They built this team for AD. I don't even know if they built it for AD. I think they built it for the future. No, they I, built it I'm, for AD. They built it to well, win them two or three times in the next five when years. When they built it, when they built it, there was no guarantee that AD was going to sign that extension. Now, could there have been a wink, wink, nod, head, handshake? Of course. Yeah. And then we all know that never happens in the NBA. Never, 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 never. That sort of thing just doesn't well, happen in the NBA. But, the, but the, it doesn't happen. In, it doesn't happen in the NBA in a situation like that simply because. No, I know. It's you'll get, because you'll get annihilated. Paul has a different relationship with Rob Palinka than any of the other agents do. I I would tend to agree that there is some sort of unspoken agreement that yes, build this team for two, two AD strikes. They're they're still building the team together. Right. Uh, To to a degree. I'll I'll say that that's a 10% influencer thing. So I I think that, that. Well, they're not going to do anything that's not in their best interest. they They also realize and know that they've had a lot of things, good things happen for them because of the relationship, primarily Anthony Davis. And, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, we already won a championship. It was already worth it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would I would hope to see LeBron be a top 10 player. Uh, I think he'll probably be more like top 15, top 20. Uh, mm-hmm. And now we get to the question that everybody is. Mm-hmm. It's on the tips of everybody's brain, uh, however, however that should be phrased. And is, can Austin Reeves be the third best player on a championship team? Uh, I think absolutely yes. It's not so much, for me, I think when it comes down to more than his talent or his improvement is his aggression. He, on the Lakers, has traditionally played a very subservient role 
to LeBron, Russ, AD, D'Angelo Russell even. And I think he needs to be a little bit more. And, he, and you saw this a little bit towards the end of the regular season. I'm when, him. <laughs> yeah. Well, when LeBron was hurt for those 15 games before the regular season ended, Reeves took it to another level. Not D'Lo, not Hachimura. Reeves took it to an extra gear that you didn't, nobody really thought he had. And when you saw him do that, and this is the problem with professional sports, when you see a player do that, you don't say, wow, that's amazing. You say, do it again and keep doing it. And so that's to me is the big question. Can he find that gear and play at that gear with LeBron and AD on the team? And can he do that consistently in a way that impacts winning? Because anybody can be a, a, a jack up a bunch of shots, right? Anybody can shoot the ball a lot. That's not impacting winning. Right. But what's really was really most impactful about this whole situation, because I agree with you 100%, Jamie, and, you know, what's really odd is an article like this brings out the simple fact that while Jamie and I are the major antagonists of each other on the site, <laughs> we generally agree on 90% of the stuff. About 90%. <laughs> that 10% will 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 hang oh, over until yeah. death warms over. Yeah. But it's true, right? Like, yeah. I mean, would you are, I mean, I know you're a fan of volume three-point shooting, but uh -huh. there's a difference between volume and efficiency and, and you need to find the sweet spot. If you're like, like, there's very few buddy heels who shoot more than 10 three-pointers a game and still shoot a high percentage. There's a lot of guys who shoot close to 10 three-pointers a game and are in the low 30s. That to well, me is not, not that's many, not, not many because that they tend to they tend to they, lose they, their jobs really they quickly. Get, they get filtered like Ben, like Ben, yeah. uh, Ben McElmore, right? right? Ben McElmore is a great example. Size yeah. should be a, should be in the league, right? No, can't he, stick with the team because he can't play. That's the hardest thing about people don't understand that. Not only is it physically hard to take that many threes, to get yourself in position to take that many threes in a game in yeah. your normal minutes, not only is that extremely difficult, but <laughs> it's it's it affects your percentage and everything. You know, people always say, you just got to, and I've said it myself, shoot more threes. You can't make them if you don't take them. Well, <laughs> it is so difficult to to continue to shoot a high percentage when you shoot volume. And it really separates the shooters from the pseudo shooters, you know. Um, and there's probably no more than a half a dozen guys who are, they're, they're the guys who, you know, the coach says, you guard that guy and don't you help on anybody else, you know. Don't you even take one step toward the key. I want you in that guy's shooting touch all game long, you know, or for the next play or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So three-point gravity, first off, if you shoot two or three threes, I don't care if you make 60% of them. Nobody's going to guard you heavily because you never take enough threes to hurt them. If you're the guy who takes 10 threes, that's the guy, the buddy heels. Those are the guys that you want to watch. Um, to to a point, but I mean, also... And, and Reeves, Reeves' aggressiveness, you'll notice that he's been taking two or three. He's always playing. He must be playing, what, 20 minutes a game at max? For Team USA? I think, yeah, 18 yeah. to 20 minutes. Somewhere, somewhere, it's not the regular game because he's and he's averaging like 13 points a game or something like that. Yeah. Um, he's averaging more than three in assists and more than three in rebounds, and he's shooting damn close to it's got to be close to, to, to 50, 40, 90. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to go on NBA.com. I think they got the stats for it at NBA.com. And I thought his defense, I thought his defense has been excellent. Um, yeah, it's the answer to that question, as far as I'm concerned, is a resounding yes, he can be.
I think he can be. I think it's yeah. going to be. I think it's going to come down. I, to I actually things. said that the Lakers needed to have yeses to the first three questions, yeah. and then seven yeah. out of ten. But After the first that, three, they had to have yeses. You can't win oh, a championship unless you have yes to those first three. So your first three out of the seven yeses are one, two, and three, and yes. then out of the remaining six, they need to you get a yes on four out of six. Four out of seven. Four out of seven. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Ten. Well, right. well we're, we're about to get to the next question here. Uh, just okay. my thoughts on Reeves, and then we'll move on, are if he can be aggressive and do it within the flow of the offense and still like AD and LeBron and, 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 and so on getting theirs, that's the yes that you're looking for. Yep. And I I don't know that he was so aggressive from three-point during that stretch. He was he mixed it up. He was really good at if there was an open three. Oh, that's so great in the key getting fouled. And, that's what I mean. You kind of yeah. want him driving into the paint a little more. You want him doing all of, you know, it's interesting. You looked at all of I, I looked at all of the other people who were averaging as, as many points as he was. And there was a chart that also was giving them the number of free throws that they got. Yeah. And if his he was free there, throws, he, Top, near he's, top of the league. He's the only guy in the game that is drawing that many free throws. I mean, well, and that's it, you imagine that's the nice thing about increasing his usage. Yeah, well, that's the hope, right? That's well, the, hope. That's, that's, the hope is that he'll increase his usage, but where they want it, they want it at point guard. But well, and I think that's because they I'm want saying. him to be the point guard of the future so and that they can bring in. A Zach Levine, I, or I've been saying that all summer. Some people have been a little bit dismissive of that. Uh, of no. Not just not just you, but others as well. But uh, at the beginning of the summer, you're like, I don't know if I want Reeves a point guard. I was like, yeah. Don't worry, you'll you'll see. I'm not worried about people saying that. Aggression, efficiency. Can he maintain this efficiency with more attempts, with more roles, shouldering more of the burden, more of the pressure from outside the organization? He's going to have um, the ball in his from, hands a lot more. From, right from the fans, opponents. Nobody nobody game plan for Austin Reeves last season. People are going to start game planning for Austin Reeves. And so that's the the best defender on him instead of when that happens, can he adapt? When that happens, can he adapt? Those are those are the three that's those are the three questions I would have for Reeves. Can you be aggressive? Can you still be efficient? And when you are game plan for, can you adapt? Because a lot of the guy THT is a great example. When THT came out of nowhere, he looked like a future all-star. As soon as teams were like, oh, let him run into the paint and put your hands on the air. He can't jump. Well, no, he's not it was fast. Step back he's... five feet and let him shoot. <laughs> right. Yeah, let him shoot. Let him shoot. Let him shoot threes. Or when he yeah. gets to the paint, don't jump. Just put your hands in the air because he can't jump. He has no hops. He he he's, he needs to figure out how Charles Barkley moved guys around with his body size. Because that, that was one be... of the neg- that was one of the negative deals that was heavily oh. clutch influenced. Oh man, I'll forever. I'll forever hate yeah. that deal. I'll forever hate that deal. Worst, one of the worst things the Lakers did that summer. Anyhow, moving on. Uh, your next point is another. It's another barn burner, really, and this is true. I don't know about redemption is the right word, uh, but I, I get what other word is there. Well, what does he have? He played. He had a great regular season, an okay playoffs, and then a disastrous finals. Conference finals. Conference finals. Yeah. Uh, can D'Angelo Russell pull off a regular season redemption? I, I think that that's that's that's. We're talking about the problem with D'Angelo Russell as a player, not a one-season uh, blip on the radar. D'Angelo Russell is usually a pretty solid player in the regular season. Yeah. Borderline all-star. Borderline yeah. all-star in the regular season. Scores efficient. And hard to replace. Hard to replace, man. He's 
scores efficiently from three, scores efficiently from the mid-range, and has developed a much better finishing game than his first go-round as a Laker, and is a willing and solid passer. Not an elite passer, but he's solid. Makes good reads, finds the open. So they want to give the ball. They want to take the ball out of D'Angelo's hands, and they want well, to I put think, it in Reeves' hands. No, I think that that's smart, but I don't think they want yeah. to do just that. I think they want them both to handle the ball. I think well, they, they want them both to, to handle the ball, but they want they, to. They're testing Reeves to see whether or not he can really be the starting point guard, because that opens up all sorts of. Ch- I mean, first off, if you don't, if you don't feel that Reeves can be the starting point guard, then any trade that you make at the deadline. Has got to bring back a point guard, unless you really believe that Gabe Vincent is a starting point guard in the league. No, that's not. I think I think you're kind of glossing over that LeBron. I mean, you do have a, you do have a much wider market to go after, don't you? You have a much wider market to go after. You're kind of just glossing over that LeBron James is on the team. LeBron James is the point guard. But but they don't want LeBron to have to be the primary playmaker. I I don't believe that. Everybody says that. Everybody. I've heard that. But ideally, what they want LeBron to be is their jack of all trades, their ace in the hole that they can pull out. Oh, we need defense. LeBron, go in and shut him down. We need playmaker. LeBron, go in and get him going. We need three point shooting. LeBron, go in there and fire some threes. Tom, I've I've heard people say LeBron doesn't want to handle the ball since the decision, and yet, well, every season there is. It isn't a case of whether he wants to handle the ball or not. It has now become a case that. He's because of the play. wear and tear on him, he's, they're not going to give him the opportunity to handle the ball all the time. He's going to play a certain way, the same way he has played for his entire life. This is not changing this season because he's slightly older. This is not going to change the season because he's afraid of getting hurt. This is not going to change the season for any reason anybody brings up whatsoever. This is how LeBron James plays. It's not rocket science. I, I know you it's think that, but plays. I don't think that. I, I know don't, you maybe don't. I hope, maybe I don't hope that. I, I think I think LeBron. I think LeBron. That's more true. I think LeBron knows right now where he is in his career. That there is a possibility that next year could be his last year. I don't think professional. I don't think it's going to. I think he'll sign another two-year extension. But he's had to. He's had to recognize now more than ever the injury the natures of the injuries, the recurrence of the injuries, how long it takes to recover and all of those things that go into it. You just, you just start to, it starts to weigh on you and you, you finally reach a point where he is going to tone it down. I think a little bit, he'll, and, and hopefully if we lose, he's not going to, if he lose, he's going to throw it all out the window and come back raging. But I think he's going to start off saying, can you guys carry me? And he's going to I give think, AD an opportunity to really be the man, and he's going to he's going to basically step back and and really be the ace in the hole that, to help in the various areas where the team needs it. Now I don't know whether that the only way that'll work is if the other players all jump in and fill the void that would come from LeBron not being the LeBron we've always known. Well, and evidently one of those players should be D'Angelo Russell, then, right? So then that takes us yeah. to. I mean, I disagree with you. I think that 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 guys who have gotten to the point that LeBron has got are wired a certain way that they expect to play a certain way. Yeah. Even, even, even Kareem on in his swan song season was the focal point of the Laker offense. Right. He might not have been the efficient version of Kareem, but we're talking about a, but there is going to be a point where AD becomes the focal point, And then I think it's going to be this year. I don't think it's going to be next. Year. I don't think he can because he's not the, he's not the ball handler. 
and this is the thing, right? That's like, why he's not going to play center. That doesn't make him any more of a ball handler. Here's the thing. No, it's it makes it be... easier to get the ball to him at, at the three than it does at the four. I'll, let's put it this way. Five. James, Russell, Reeves, and Vincent are going to be the ones who are bringing the ball up the court for the most part. All of those three that aren't named LeBron James will defer to LeBron James yeah. because he is And even, James. even when LeBron James has the ball, they're He's going to come do LeBron down James? looking to run plays to get the ball to Anthony Davis where he likes it. I know that's, that's what you're saying here in the summer. Uh, and I think that quickly within training camp, we'll see. And this is the other thing. LeBron, the last three years, has started slow. So there is a window. Well, of, gonna, part of it is going to be he's going to take his time speeding going. There's there's a window of hope. How hard he feels is going to depend on how well a team plays with that. I'm yeah. just saying this. There's a window of hope for your, for your version of reality to come true. And that is if the Lakers, while LeBron is ramping himself up on court, you know, training his, playing his way into shape, as they say, that the team wins and wins yeah. a lot and wins right. easily. Yeah. If that happens and there is something where LeBron can. Well, then we're in the same Because it comes down to building a level of trust, right? LeBron yeah. James has spent his entire career hoping to trust somebody else. Well, that level of trust will disappear fast if they start losing again. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And so, yeah. or, or if he has to play the fourth quarter and like bail the team out, right. trust will not happen. If they if he's sitting in fourth quarters the first 15 games and we're winning, I could imagine a world imagine. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it'll happen. I can imagine a world where LeBron James starts to take a small step back. Right. If if there's anything beyond that, he's just gonna play the way he plays, which means Okay, we're not we're not far apart. We're not right, far which apart. Which means six seconds into the shot clock, you're gonna see a 40 foot three pointer on occasion. No, we're not it, far apart because basically I'm like I said, I'm focusing on what I wanna see. You're and I'm telling you, you you're probably. I'm just telling you, you're probably not going to yeah. see that. But I, if it well, does, that's happen, sometimes true. That's sometimes true. I don't always yeah. get what I want. Uh, that's what the stones say. So, point being, and this is the this is the last thing. In a way, four and one, four and two, right, are opposing points because if you're hoping for LeBron James to be a top ten player, that means his usage is high. Mm -hmm. He's He's got the ball a lot. He is right. the dominating force mm -hmm. with the ball. Then four becomes less important. You don't really worry so much about D'Angelo Russell. However, inversely, if D'Angelo Russell plays well, then you're hoping that LeBron just doesn't have the ball so much, and that's D'Angelo Russell and Reeves. And 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 so in a way, that's sort of the that's sort of the balancing act. Even yeah. myself. Well, that's why all ten questions really affect whether or not the Lakers how hard how easy or how hard the path is going to be for them. Uh, it's going to be hard no matter what. Uh, all right. Uh, can Jackson Hayes force his way into the Lakers starting lineup? I think it's rather, can he play his way out of it already? Uh, I think he's kind of penciled in right now as a starter. I think it's his job to lose yeah. on paper. Uh, I, I think yeah, that appears to be the situation. I think, I, I think everything that, uh, I think everything that we've seen, uh, uh, search and destroy. This is a popular opinion. Many of us have, have, uh, have been, uh, espousing, I don't even care what position he plays. I'm just of the opinion he needs to lose about 15 pounds or translate some of that into leaner muscle and not bulkier muscle. Uh, however that works with the, with a trainer and your body, I, I couldn't tell you my life depended on it, but I, I think that that's the key is that he needs to put less stress on his legs from the waist down. And that's why his jumper has been off for the last few years. Cause he's bulked up and not stayed slim. I think, 
that's why his efficiency and you just his overall impact from outside of the paint has gone down uh because he's bulked up and more more prepared basically to play the bulkier position so if he can slim down and regain a little bit of fluidity in his movement get that jumper working again i think we'll see the version of anthony davis that we saw in 2020 especially in the bubble maybe not consistently maybe not every night he has a mental thing where he decides not to show up for halves or games uh, a lamar odom aspect to his game if you will where he just doesn't show up he's just not there he just doesn't he, he, he says all the things afterwards. Oh, I was trying really hard. But you watch the game and you're like, but you weren't. Like, you weren't demanding the ball. You weren't, like, you know, fighting for position the way I've seen you fight for position. And you just weren't aggressive. And so that's, in a way, Anthony Davis's own worst enemy is truly himself. He's not Kobe when it comes to, no. I deserve these shots. I deserve these touches, and I'm going to say something if I you, don't get them. You are. So what you happens are. with what well, ADIC a lot of times is things are going well with the other players on a team, and so the ball goes to them, and AD is perfectly fine and it's handy. But that is, I don't know whether it's taking time, taking a game, taking plays off, you know, taking time off, resting. Um, so that he can focus on defense. Maybe sometimes I think he does that, and then sometimes that's sure. worthwhile. Because I haven't seen I haven't seen the the periods where his defense disappeared, but I have seen the periods where offensively we don't go to him like we should. Um, and sometimes it's the matchup. That's Some matchups matchups always matter, you know. In in this whole situation, I think the the key that we have three guys on this team that were top ten picks in the 2019 draft. Number well, eight, number eight is a guy we're just talking about, Jackson. Jackson Hayes. Hayes. Yeah. Who number nine was Rui Hachimura, and number yeah. ten was Cam Reddish. Yeah. Of those three, they were all considered to be busts midway through last year. All three of them were I mean, ready, to be, ready to be moved off their team or cut. That's that's fair. Okay. Rui came to the right spot on a trade for three second round picks and man, he blew it up. And then in the playoffs, he added to a previously great playoffs (laughs) and and now holds the record for three point shooting in the playoffs. Um, Efficiency, efficiency, not efficiency. So, you know, I think Jackson Hayes, this team really is super high on him. I think they really believe he can be Dwight Howard on defense and, I think the kid has, has some potential as a shooter. He shot 35% on 0.83s a game, you know, for a season. That's not bad because, first off, you guys, you, it's very hard for bigs to finally start shooting them. You know, it took took some guys three or four years before they finally could turn it around. You know, Brooke, Brooke Lopez is a perfect example of a guy who for years never touched a shot. Now everybody coming into the league in a big position knows that they, if they really want to have value and then want to have a contract that's going to pay them what they're worth as a five, they're going to have to be a stretch five. Tell that to Rudy. You're going to have to be able to play some four, you know, they're going to have to be versatile. I mean, I think that that's a nice, I I kind of disagree with that. Well, but listen, why, why there's two (laughs) things that are associated together here. There's, there's the, the push from the Lakers for the two bigs. Okay. Sure. But there's also a push on the Lakers side for what they really think they can get out of, out of, uh, out of Hayes. I think they really have high expectations for him. Well, I don't think Jared, it's simply he's last year's version of 
of Jones or Bryant to to plug in to to hopefully see if he could fit. I think they really feel that he could fit. Well, I thought that actually Thomas Bryant was a better fit for this team than Damian Jones was from minute one, and I, I thought it was unfortunate that it didn't work out because I thought well, Bryant we could have played he could have doesn't protect the rim at all, and he didn't shoot threes. No, but he rebounds and he, he does he shoot threes shoots. now. He started shooting he, them. He, no, he was and he shot threes in Washington. He just and he shot threes when we had no AD. You may or may not recall this, but Thomas Bryant was instrumental in keeping the team afloat when AD was out and LeBron was out, uh, or LeBron was kind of hurt. Yeah, not, I can't he, remember. And he then was, his role evaporated after that, and well, he got he, angry. He could never, he could never stop anybody on defense. They were driving. Well, no, drive to the rim every time anybody got the ball. Yeah, I mean that's that's There's no that's rim protection at all. He was he's horrible your, on defense. Your, but that's your backup center who's more of a score. I mean that's what you're gonna get with Christian Wood. <laughs> that's what you're gonna get with Christian Jamie, Wood. That, Jamie, come on, that's <laughs> totally really. I mean you're just doing that to yeah. irritate me because no, Christian because Wood averaged 17 here. points a game. He shot 40 percent over 50 percent the last four years. He shot over 37 percent from three the last three years. That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about defense and. Uh, and you blocked over one shot per game, as did Thomas in, Bryant in his minutes when he had played over 20 minutes. Thomas Bryant never back. blocked one. I'll look, I'll look up Thomas Bryant's record right now. Not record. No, 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 no. no I'll look up his stats. He never Feel blocked. Look at the stats. He never averaged one block a game. Uh, I'll bet you a dollar. And on top of that, go back and look at the stretch of games and his look at his averages. Oh, you got, I like how you're standing up to I don't have to look at it. I watched him play. Uh, okay, well. I've watched Christian Wood play, and I'm equally as impressed. At any rate, we're not talking about either of those guys. Neither of them are on the Lakers. We're talking about Jackson Hayes, and I think that Darren's on to something. That one of the th- arguments people make against starting Jackson Hayes is the pressure it's going to put on the LeBron James defensively. I personally am not quite as worried about that because of how Darvin Ham orchestrates his defense. It's kind of a weird man zone that he plays, in my opinion, that in that everything is designed to funnel towards AD. And I think that if Jackson Hayes is on the team, that they'll make that. You know, he did average one. He averaged one block per game back in 2008. Before, his, before, his, before he blew out his and Achilles. And the last two years, he averaged 0. 0.4 and 0. 0.6. Because he blew out his Achilles. And I'm not trying to make it the case that, De, that Thomas Bryan is a defensive stalwart. He is not. What's his last con- what, how much did they pay Bryan on his last contract? He well, he got a minimum. I think he got a vet minimum. Was it a minimum deal? Ooh. And that's what. And that's about Ooh. what Christian Wood. Christian Wood is about to be Thomas <laughs> Bryant. I get that he has been in a place where he was allowed to jack up shots, and 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 be a volume shooter because he played for a losing, no team, a losing team and a bunch of losing coaches that volume that shooter had no control. Volume over role, situation. volume shooter, volume role. He will not have that role on the Lakers. I doubt that he will put up anywhere near the numbers in a specific, in a role where he has to play a specific part. Well, he so won't not, without changing his attitude and, and being a lot more of a team uh, player and playing at I, both ends of the court. I don't disagree uh, with that. Uh, but at any rate, he's not on the team right now. So we really don't even need to talk about him. I didn't include uh, him in the discussion. I'm very, I, I brought him up. So it's, I've got nobody to blame but myself. Uh, Darren makes a good point though. And that's the point that a lot of people on the blog make Darren, which is that starting Hayes put the pressure on LeBron to guard wings. And Tom's brought that up. For how long, little, how long a game does he guard wings? Maybe 10, how long, a game, how many, how many minutes a game are we expecting out of Hayes? I'm thinking Hayes is going to top out at 20, 25 minutes a game. He's 20 minutes a most, game from Hayes. 
Right. I'm thinking he's going to play 10 to 12 minutes in the first quarter, and he's going to play 10 to 12 minutes in the third quarter. And well, you barring, just switch everything. You switch everything when Hayes is in Barring there foul trouble, Hayes, that's that's the role Hayes is going to play, right? Barring foul trouble to AD or somebody so else. So you switch everything. That solves the problem of LeBron chasing people around screens. I don't know that LeBron – no, because then they're just going to hunt out LeBron. No, they're not going to. Nobody hunts out LeBron. There's always <laughs> easier players to hunt out than LeBron. <laughs> uh, okay, Nobody hunts uh, LeBron and not in the game. Yes, they if do. they hunt LeBron out in the game, they're going to be sorry because uh, I, he still has enough in him to, that he's going to shut anybody down who hunts him out. You, when, out? You, you bring me some examples of guys hunting out LeBron James on defense. Uh, Nobody uh, does it. Go back and watch the Western Conference Finals, and that it was actually one of Denver's plans, was to force LeBron into the paint and then kick it out and watch him not recover. He does not recover anymore. He does not help him recover. If you draw him into the paint, that's it. He stops there. If you draw him to the outside, that's it. He stops there. He does not move back and forth laterally with quickness. Well, if if, if, he, if, if he's not being doubled, then who's he's not requiring a double? Whereas why are, is the other players open? There's not. There's nothing that you're saying is happening. So he takes a, he, he he guys back LeBron down into the paint. First off, it's very hard to back LeBron down into the paint. No, they just have to. They have to speed by. And then, yeah. So they speed, they, is, they speed is LeBron's enemy right now. Speed yeah, and movement are LeBron's enemy. Yeah, but there's no <laughs> what. So there's got to be some action and to open up guys on the outside because otherwise you're playing five on five. You're still all got I'm four saying, guys guarding the four guys outside. It's not like guys are standing out on the line and they're all double teaming to help LeBron because he's hopeless. He's not yeah. helpless and hopeless in the key. He'll give up the point after playing hard defense. And he'll, he'll go down the other end, and he'll get it back. Well, that that is that's that's that is the hope, right? That's the hope. But what I'm well, saying is that for the last two years, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James is not, not when you go LeBron a position against position, LeBron James doesn't get outscored in most games. Uh, that's not really the point if your team loses. But okay, that. Well, no. The point is the point no, is no, the no, point. That's not. That's not. That's. There's nothing about that that makes sense to me. Oh, well, that's the point. No, let's stop a second because you're. Let me make my point. Let me make my point. Please. The game is a matchup game. Sure. Okay. So if you come down and here's how the game works. LeBron, the LeBron comes down at the the guy takes the run down to the other end, what one end of the court, and he scores on it. Or he doesn't. LeBron takes him down at the other end of the game and he scores on him. At the end of the game, LeBron will outscore his man in most situations, unless it's another superstar. Sure, but if your team lost because your team didn't score more points, that does not matter. It, your, your logic is that if LeBron scores more points than the other guy that he's playing against, the Lakers will win. But that's not how basketball works. You're, you're saying you're, 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 we're not going to lose a game because LeBron's man scores too many points. That's rarely that's, happened. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying, LeBron having to play no, defense no, no, is I'm not, not going to destroy the Lakers. I mean, you. No, no. We're moving on. We're, moving we're not going to play the way no that Anthony now. Davis wants to play, or that is best for the team, because LeBron James might, for ten minutes or fifteen minutes a game, have to actually play defense. But he could switch everything, or or Anthony Davis could cover the guy he was covering, or they could put him on a center who doesn't shoot, or a million other solutions, or they could have him rest half of that minutes. But you don't change your whole strategy on what you're going to do as a basketball team and what you want to do with the personnel that you have and that you are developing. You don't okay. change all of that just because your superstar, who you didn't add anybody to the roster to, 
who is within nine years of that because your superstar might not be able to be as good on defense or it might tire him out. You just simply switch everything, which is what the Lakers are probably going to do most of the time anyway. That's why they have bigger guards. It's why they have a center like Jackson. It's why they have a season. Did the Lakers do that last season at any point? Did they ever deploy a switch everything defense? They did on occasions. They did on occasions when they were getting killed from three. Minimally. And I expect that that's not me. But that's the problem. If you you never believe that anything is ever going to change, Jamie, it's just such a disastrous world that you live in. Yeah, it's raining in California. We're going to have a hurricane. What are you talking about? (laughs) You expect, yeah, you think there's going to be hurricanes in California no, and stuff like that happening. It doesn't happen, man. Well, it's happening today. so It doesn't happen. It's, it's an illusion. It's and fake here's, news. And, and here's the other thing. And here's the other thing. And this is the last point I make because we're not going to get through these in an hour, and i got to move on and help my wife with the okay. job today. So we're only going to get through five of these because we've talked too much about things that I don't think matter. But that's fine. That's why we have a show. This is the last thing I'm going to say about this. What I'm what I base things on is what's known as empirical evidence. So when the coach does the same thing for the entire season, I don't expect that after summer that got them to the Western Conference Finals, mind you. I don't expect for that coach to come to go. You know what? That didn't work at all. Let's do everything differently. How about the fact that that coach has seven or eight players? No, 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 no. I let you talk now. Please be quiet (laughs) for like two minutes so that I can finish this point and then you can counter. And then we'll stop before point five, or we'll do point five, and then we'll pick it up next, or who knows what. But I don't expect them to come in and say all the new different things. Let's do everything different. Let's become a volume three-pointing shooting team. Let's switch everything defense. Let's try to be the Golden State Warriors of ten years ago. I don't think that that's what we're going to see. I think that we're going to see a hybrid of what worked last season, which was mm-hmm. mostly man defense with a little bit of zone, more than switch everything. That was the Lakers' defensive identity last season. And, incredibly, even with Russell Westbrook, the defense was averaged the whole season long. The scoring was better than average at the end. And it was better than average at the end when we still played man, defense, and a little bit of zone. (laughs) So will we see a little bit of switch everything defense? Yes. Is that going to be the recipe that saves LeBron James' legs? Absolutely not. Because, A, LeBron James, I don't think, wants to play switch everything. I think he wants to play a small zone, which is guard the corner and then come in and grab the rebound. He would like to try to guard the corner three up to the up to you know that pocket of defensive area on one side of the court or the other. Granted, against possibly the slowest, worst player. Or like you said, I think you could see him matched up against centers a lot, where he has to box out a guy who's about his size, about his weight class, and he doesn't have to run. He doesn't have to move. I don't think LeBron wants to move around on the perimeter that much. If you're playing a switch everything defense, that's a mobile team. That's a speed beast team. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to play defense on the perimeter when you switch everything. It is so much easier. With guys like D'Angelo Russell, with guys like I, I don't I don't I don't know. If, listen, like many things in life, I'll be happy to be wrong. I won't take it personally or be all that beat up about it. I'll move right on. But I don't think you're going to see a lot of switch everything for the Lakers to start the year off. They may come around to that. They, they may not. The roster says differently. The people we'll that see. they've added. We'll see. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news information 
original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. All right. Anyway, this is a great discussion about Jackson Hayes, <laughs> who I think has a chance to start, but may find himself out of the starting lineup based on uh, based on lineup. And actually, that was point five. We'll do we'll do this last one though because it's 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 it kind of plays into that because this this guy was our second best center in the playoffs, and that's really Hachimura. Uh, Rui Hachimura had made a case for being the small ball center on the Lakers and uh, what I could see as being more of a switch everything lineup when he is the default center. If you played Hachimura at the five uh, and uh, AD at the four and LeBron at the three and any combination of guards you wanted to throw after that or even Le- when LeBron's sitting and get a little more speed in general on the court with Vincent and Reeves, uh, Prince maybe, Vando. You know, you could put a defensive lineup out there of AD, Hachimura, Vando, Vincent, and pick your take your pick between Reeves and somebody else. I mean, even Prince, maybe. All of those guys are plus defenders. Now, scoring would be a problem for that lineup, obviously. But if you were looking to get stops, if you were looking to change the dynamic of the game and gum up what the other team's trying to do on offense, that's a lineup that I wouldn't be surprised to see. Because all those guys can switch. All those guys have bulk. All of those guys showed, especially Hachimura in the playoffs, playing against what is arguably one of the most talented offensive players that we've seen since, I don't know who, I guess LeBron and Jokic, and that he has the complete game. He can score from anywhere. He can do anything. He can rebound. He can pass. He can defend. Hachimura, I won't say he stopped him. Nobody stopped Jokic in the playoffs, which is why they won the NBA Finals. But he did better than I saw a lot of centers do certainly did better than Kevon Loney did with, or, or, or anybody in the regular season who is supposed to be a defensive stalwart, right? Like he bodied up Jokic, got him off of his spots and made life uncomfortable. Jokic made some ridiculous threes over AD. He made some ridiculous passes and shots over Hachimura. That's just what the great players do. But I think that you could definitely see Hachimura reprising that defensive role I, again, with a lot of these guys who had like such great runs in the playoffs, I don't know that their minutes and the the role during the regular season for everybody is different than it is in the playoffs, right? Like you have your regular season rotation, which often doesn't translate into your playoff rotation based on based purely on matchups or how the other team adjusts and adapts to what you're trying to do. And so some, suddenly somebody's got to sit down, like Vando, right? Vando was stellar when he got here in the regular season and he was solid in the first round of the playoffs. And then by the middle of the golden state series, Steve Kerr and company had found out a way to, to, to dull his effectiveness. The Lakers adapted, still won the series. Nobody had an answer for Denver. So there's no shame in saying like, nobody got, nobody figured out Denver, right? Nobody figured it out. Not Miami, not us, nobody. So I thought that the Lakers did a great job swapping Vando's role for Hachimura. That was an incredible adjustment that Ham made in the playoffs that paid off big. Uh, didn't win him the series that it needed to win him to, but I still thought it was the, what other adjustment? Sure, he should have gone to it earlier. He was late going to it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We we handled yeah. Memphis with Vando. No, uh, I meant in, this, in that, in the last series. He, we. 
Oh, oh, we should have oh. made yeah, we should have made the change. Here's what here's what I find interesting about Rui. Is he a big? <laughs> right. Because I thought he did a, as good a job as I've seen anybody do in keeping Jokic from getting to his spots that he wanted to get to. Yeah. I think that's and yet, more of a and yet, and there have been at times that I've seen him block shots at the rim that were really terrific. Yeah, I don't know the times I get frustrated when I see him try to jump as if he thinks he can affect a shot when he's like thirty feet away, you know. And uh, somebody I forget who starts some bench player started that, and it actually had a statistical impact on the game, and so other guys thought really. Jeez, ah, there's an article. I'll try to find it for you. I'll post it if I can find at it. At any rate, see, I think I when you, I agree when you look at when you absurd. look at size and stretchability, uh huh, there is a lot to say about what. Rui brings to the lineup, which is the same as what Christian Wood brings to the lineup. Rui's not a shot blocker, but he can score. He can score at the same type of level and at all three levels like Wood can. Okay. And as a, as a defender, he's probably, Wood is not bad in space, but Wood's problem is the typical guy who the minute that the ball is not, his guy doesn't have a ball. He's like, He's space cadet, you know, he just loses his man, man. He just loses him. He gets cut on backdoor cuts and, you know, and things like that. But Rui, Rui is such a, in, in many ways, when the Lakers keep talking about two bigs, I never hear them talking about Rui being that second big. And the truth of the matter is that I think you're right that he showed defensively as far as holding position and rebounding and so forth, that he can hold that position. He can play center in that sense. And he has the ability to do that. And he's been just deadly from outside and he, you can't challenge him. He can go to the rim and he can put the ball in the hole. No, he's got, um, he's so, got a better handle than I think people gave him credit for. Yeah. And he's, he's, and a, he's better, a better finisher than people give credit he's to. A he's finisher, a better defender yeah. than people, but he, one thing is he is big and long and tall and not really quick moving sideways and he can get beat off of the dribble so easily. That's that's really the tough thing about him because he can only really guard fours and fives because of the speed factor. But this gets back to the difference between your regular season rotation and your playoff rotation. Yep. The reason that, does, he got that he got that opportunity because he had the bulk and the quickness right. to stay in front of you. Hayes, Hayes is a regular season starter and Rui is the playoff starter. Or a matchup-based starter. I wouldn't put Rui Hachimura on Joe and Bede. I would I not put Rui Hachimura on Joe and Bede because Joe and Bede's just going to move him out of the way. Jokic doesn't play like that. Right. He doesn't have the same type of power game that Embiid does yeah. or other centers like it. And I wouldn't put Hachimura on Giannis. Giannis is just going to blow by him and finish over. Right. He doesn't have that speed. Jokic is neither fast nor power. He's a, right. a, enough of all of it and knows how to, and is smart enough and has the footwork to make his body work in the NBA and an elite level, which is rare. It's well, like what you he, wanted to see out of THC. He demands, right? a, double, he, he demands a double team. Or... Or you were able to get away with Rui on him one-on-one for stretches, and then he made ridiculous right. shots over everybody. And right. that's that's what I mean. You can't – a guy makes some of the shots you saw Joker make, and you just go – They had they had the biggest single-season jump from regular right. season scoring to postseason right. of any two superstars that have ever had. Uh, Was that Mur- – Murray and Jokic. Murray and yeah. Jokic. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why you got to tip your cap, right? They both yeah, showed up huge. They both did great. They just shot, know, they shot the heck out of the ball, man. I don't know that you could pencil Hachimura in at center to start just because of how many centers there are that are 
a bigger and stronger than him and, and quicker jump quicker jumpers he's a little better, bit slow better jumper. quicker jumpers yeah. and and just like have been playing center their whole lives yeah. right they know what they're doing right so i think that situation i think situationally you'll see that and you might see that to close games at times right that right. that you'll go with that just stretch the floor out like you're saying because stretchability is what makes it work because he can well, make he makes up for it on offense i don't know that it's a, <laughs> a, a all game every game recipe for success we might get a chance to see that this year that's yeah darwin darwin is listen from all my experiences coaches come in two shades there's a shade that basically likes to start the same five every game doesn't yep. like to change that up doesn't want his guys looking over their shoulder when they make mistakes right he's gonna pick his best five guys that he's go with them and i've always been that kind of coach and then there's a guy that then there's the other coach that basically is what have you done for me lately? You know, and then and he's the guy who, yeah, well, you're I know you usually close, but these two guys are hot. He leaves them in the game, and he's the guy who will start the will start the matchup. He'll will try to try to beat the game strategy by changing the matchup and and going after something different and new. You know, so two different ways of skinning the cat. You know, it's just uh, 100%. Darwin. Darwin, I think is. Darwin doesn't doesn't like to make changes very often, and and I, and when he does, it sometimes seems that they're front office influenced. Maybe I mean that's this is what you just said is exactly why I'm not expecting to see a switch everything defense or you know things that are outside of what we saw from last season. I'm not saying that it's not an intelligent idea. Well, what I'm you saying, think, you I, think we're going to do the two bigs or not? I think we're going to start that's that the way. Biggest yeah. one. I think we'll go the first 15 games, minimum of 15 games. Uh, I mean, I will say this. I thought the same thing with Russ. I thought we would see Russ start for 15 games, and that only lasted three games, four games last season. It didn't last five, I don't think. It certainly didn't last 10. I can't remember when we took Russ out of the starting lineup no, last I season. I can't remember but was, either. But it was well but, before, but that's it was the problem well before with I me. predicted. <laughs> no, I know, but I, 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 or me, but it was just well before I predicted. I thought it would happen. I thought they would give Russ 15, 20 games, and I think it was under 10. Uh, I'm, I'm like 99%. We, got it, we had him for two seasons, didn't we? He started every game the season before, but that was under Volvo. Uh, but uh, yeah, we did have him for, well, almost two seasons. One and it's, like a, it's like a blur, you know? It's like no, a blur. No, I remember like it well. a drunken blur. Well, no, no. I, rem I, I, mean, I remember it well anyway. Uh, uh, I, a lot of parts of it are blurry to me, man. Uh, I know. So, anyway, I just want to, so that just because of time, we've been going, we've been chatting now for about an hour. Uh, I do have to help mm. my wife prepare for the incoming, not quite hurricane. 15 and uh, five. Uh, 15 and five for what? First 20 games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Uh, it's wooden now. 50 more 50 like, on wooden. I, I'm like 30 70 against. I, I think that he, uh, for three reasons. And this is the last I'm ever going to say about Christian Wood until he's a Laker. One, <laughs> I don't think, I think, well, and I think these are good reasons for him. One, I think he's hoping for more money than the vet minimum. And that's all the Lakers are wise to offer. And they should certainly not entertain any idea of a sign and trade or giving up literally any asset whatsoever for Christian Wood. He either comes here on the vet minimum or he doesn't. Two, I think he's hoping for a bigger role on the Lakers. His role at best is backup four or five. His role is starting. Gonna, his role could be starting center. It won't be starting center just because of his defense. He can't. You're not. Darvin Ham is not going to start a net negative defender who's not a bona fide superstar hall of fame you got a great you got a great offensive player who's weak on defense what's the best thing to do match him up with a guy who's great on defense do you really have a great offensive player well 
If you Dude, weren't biased, if you weren't biased, you would admit I'm that. I'm not biased. Almost, I look everybody, at his stats. Almost everybody in the league admits that he's an elite offensive player. And his numbers prove it. His I, numbers prove it. All right. I'm going to post his numbers here in a little while. And uh, I, I, they're, they're fairly pedestrian when it comes to efficiency. Yes, he takes a lot of shots. <laughs> he yes, shot he over 50% all in four years. He has a, he's a career 50%. For a guy who's six ten, he sh- he should be fifty percent from the field. And he's, and he's a career he 30, thirty-seven point eight percent, I think, from three. I think he's actually more like thirty-four, but I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. He had a thirty-seven point eight percent mark, I think, last season, uh, on a team that he ended up barely playing for when the season came down to the wire, uh, and that was the Dallas Mavericks, who desperately wanted to make Kyrie and Luca work in the playoffs. Uh, but that's just my opinion, man. I'm pretty sure he was his career is 34%. I could be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. But the third is that I think that the Lakers are not going to be involved in any of the Dame Lillard, James Harden, you know, seismic trades that will happen eventually. And I think Christian Wood and the Mavericks are kind of desperately hoping that they can get in on that with Wood's deal because they can use him in a sign and trade and hopefully bring back picks or players. 37.9% career, 51.8% from the from 37.9 37.9% from three. That's fine. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, you know, on teams that haven't won five straight seasons, better than 38% or uh, better than well, 37. Right. Then, then he's, then he's a, then he's a pretty good three point shooter for a big man. Again, I don't think the Lakers need him. Uh, he, should he show up on a vet minimum? I'll, I won't, I won't be bummed about it. And if he signs with Miami for the same, I won't be bummed about it because I expect him to play very little. I, I, that's, that's, that's just my expectation. I don't think he's, I think his defensive limitations for teams, for teams that have championship aspirations are enough for him to be on the bench. Just like I thought Wendy and Gabriel's hustle. must feel differently because they're still. Really oh yeah, good. because they still haven't signed him. You're right. They must feel totally differently than I do because he's still a free agent. Well, the reason uh, they signed is because he hasn't agreed. It's not because the Lakers don't want to sign him. If he agreed, the Lakers would sign him tomorrow. Which well, kind yeah, of negates a, your whole argument that no, it doesn't. For a vet minimum, the Lakers yeah, obviously a think he's valuable deal. player that they want to add. For the vet minimum, yes. Uh, sure. <laughs> anyway, and if they can't get him, they're looking for exactly the same kind of player from somebody else. They I want a stretch player. You know, I think that well, maybe from Clutch. I think they're waiting to see who OKC cuts. To be honest, is my opinion. But that's just that's just what I think. I think we'll end up with either uh, Castleton or somebody off of OKC taking that 14th spot and the 15th spot will probably stay open, but maybe they'll fill it. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We're, 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 I don't expect anything on the Christian Wood front to happen until Dame or Harden get traded. And frankly, at this point, I, I don't expect that to happen before the season starts now. It's probably Neither not going to happen until after FIBA's over. I don't think it's going to happen. until happened last year when we signed I don't think down. it's going to happen for until like December. Middle of, middle of September. Don't you think it's not going to happen until December? You don't. You, it doesn't sound like Portland and Philly are willing to roll the dice and say, "Go ahead, hold out, lose money." Yeah. With the with the way the NBA structure, you know, the I, CBA. I'm actually running out of time now because I've I've yeah. got I've got a dog and cat problem I have to take care of because my wife's no problem. The dog. I'm just saying. The cats I'm are running free. <laughs> no problem. Don't let that happen. Uh, always keep the wife happy. Happy, happy wife, happy life. So we'll, anyway, we'll finish this. We'll finish this discussion next week, Jamie. But, sounds good. Uh, we'll that, uh, seven through what was it? We got seven more to go on your article. Yeah. I think we're on six right now. Can really Hatchamora play like a regular? I think he can. 
uh, I think it's going to be hard for him to get the same level of uh, minutes that well, he got. In the he's not going to repeat what he, he's not going to repeat what he shot in the playoffs. That was just unconscious. No, but you want him to have the same level. You want him, of impact. You want him to can, be. If he can replicate the impact, if he can replicate the impact on, on both ends, I think the Lakers will be quite happy with signing him for the eight million, yeah. and he might even. Oh, they, they spent fifty-one anyway. million, of course, and naturally being that contract you're naturally already associated with with uh with russell as the obvious trade partners obvious sure. trading chips hopefully i mean we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll see. see it's there's a lot to, there's yeah. a lot of time there's a lot of time before camp fever's got like another three weeks left i think two weeks left something mm-hmm. like that and uh as we've seen the 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 trailblazers and 76ers are, are really in a rush to move uh Harden and Lillard, and that's because after Ben Simmons wrecked uh, free agents, I, I, you might be right. I, I, they, they well could not be moved at all. The, the, the only people who are going to lose are Harden and Lillard. They're going to lose money. Yeah, they're going to lose money in a way that the NBA will. Now well, the new con, if I'm understanding it correctly, too, the new CBA basically, yes, if you are, does not allow you not to to get paid if you don't play. If you're not injured, I mean, yeah. we'll see. That's that's the one thing. Oh, oh I can't play. Was it working out yesterday? Yeah, anyway, yeah. Right, right, exactly, exactly. He's minutes away from from turning his whole life around. Uh, anyway. I swear. Well, you know what's interesting though is that, listen, if Harden goes in there and says that I made a handshake illegal handshake agreement with oh, Daryl Morey, and I'll take a polygraph, he'll be out. Of, he'll be out of the league. The, the, the 76ers will wave him and no team will sign him. Yeah, I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll bet money on that. Yeah, but think about it. Think that if he did that and think of the penalty, remember what the penalty was? For oh, Minnesota? Was it, it got reduced. Five years draft, no first round pick for five years. Which ended up only being three, but still, like, yeah. and they and they and they wouldn't let uh, whoever it was, I forget the guy, yeah. Joe. Joe Smith couldn't sign with him. Joe Smith, thank you. Joe Smith could not sign with him. You did that for Joe Smith. What a dumb move, man. I know. Kevin McHale, you were so why, And that's why even if Harden says (laughs) yes, 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 if there is no other evidence between – I mean, let's be honest. Who really believes James Harden at his word anymore, right? Like, that guy's – No, but I mean, talk about taking it to the limit with his – Oh, he and Ben Simmons, in my opinion, are basically garbage players who don't – deserve to play in the nba but they're they're, they'll because of their shot making ability and or whatever reason people like they have ben simmons around thank god we don't have somebody we could trade for either one either one really for sure i know you have a weird infatuation with ben simmons at the five on the lakers that i don't understand (laughs) ben simmons defense if he's right is is a big impact yeah, he's, yeah but, he's one of those guys that can guard five guys. You know, I love that. I agree. I agree. But again, you're going to let him shoot. It's going to be the rest no, of the No, I mean, it, that dream died when he left clutch. If he was still part oh, of yeah. clutch, and I really felt that that LeBron, you know, could trust him and so forth. Maybe. I don't you know. And, and obviously, obviously, I'm counting on getting a steal. Sure. And of course, most of my interest, most of my interest, frankly, was when we had something that we wanted to get rid of that was worth sending which is russ you know we don't have anything that i would be willing to give up to trade for ben simmons at this point in time you wouldn't trade uh hachimura and, and d'angelo russell no i wouldn't trade the two of them i'm, for I'm really happy to hear that tom i'm really happy to hear that no. that makes me happy anyway because, because we no we can get we can get a semi-star for them plus the 29th pick 
I agree. Uh, and I think that Jackson Hayes is going to be about what we would get on from Ben Simmons, except maybe being able to guard point guards. I think you're right. Well, could guard point guards, but after that, no, I'm, 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 we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, having a six ten guy who can guard five guys is pretty. pretty I know, I know, I know. But also okay. having a six ten guy who. You also having that same six ten guy not being able to dunk or shoot the ball inside the paint yeah. is kind of a problem, uh, and he can't shoot from outside at all. That's 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 the issue is that you've been, hey, I mean, listen, he has, if anybody you know has ever coached every if you've ever coached basketball that's the kind of guy that you just like. Well, I was oh, gonna say if, if he had the mentality of Dennis Rodman, right. then that's not a problem, right? Right, but he doesn't have the mentality well, of Dennis Rodman. He has yeah. the mentality of I don't know who he is. The game has always been half smarts and half skills. So. I agree. The best players have a little, enough of both to, yeah. to, to to last a while, and that's well. You have to have the smarts to make your skills better, and the skills right. to make your smarts better. That's right, and we'll hopefully see that from Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura this season. Yeah. Anyway, we've had a lively discussion. I want to thank everybody in the chat for hanging uh, hanging out and uh, throwing stuff out. Uh, I want to thank specifically search better and throwing them at us. That's right. For search and destroy for constantly hyping uh, the the chat and the uh, and the and the and the blog, and the uh, and the and the channel. So thanks for uh, and if, please like and subscribe. Uh, feel free to leave comments. Uh, send emails to uh, LakersFastBreak at yahoo.com. We will take your join us at join us at Lakerholics.com and come by Lakerholics.com and and watch Tom and I debate minutia uh, and then agree on ninety percent of the rest of the things but be vastly opposed on that minutia. Don't and, listen uh, to that guy. Don't listen uh, to him. That's right. Listen to me. Uh, anyhow, I'm Jamie Sleep. That's that's Laker Tom uh, somewhere over there. I can get get my finger to point right. And this has been the uh, Lakers Fast Break. And I want you all to have a safe. Uh, if you live in Southern California. I don't, think it's gonna be a hurricane. Hurricane. I don't think it's going to be a hurricane. I think it's going to be like, why are we having rain and wind in August? Well, yeah. At least they didn't give Hillary two L's, you know? All right. On that note, we're signing <laughs> off. Thanks, everyone. Have a great afternoon. <laughs> Hillary two L's. Come on, Tom. Oh, man.